How's everybody doing today? It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for getting the lights, Terry. Oh. We're supposed to go to the back, but they come to the front sometimes instead. We'll take it while we got it. I expect that until she's out of the house, so we'll see how that works. Good to see everybody. Everybody have a good week so far? It's the first day, so we're off to a good start. <clears throat> the last couple of weeks have shaped today's time in the Word on a whole bunch of different levels. Uh, conversations, some of them with many individuals here and a few people that aren't even here. And um, last week, the time that we spent with Grant and Keisha was really good. I appreciate the Word that he brought for us. And even the time that I got to spend with, Melinda and I spent with Grant and Keisha was really good for us, for our hearts, and it was very encouraging. And it fed into what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, there's a thing in, you know, we can get into a habit, and we can kind of, they say most accidents, or many, I don't know about most, but many accidents on a job site happen not all the time with a new person, but with somebody that's over-comfortable. They get really comfortable with something, and then it's just like, okay, and then it's like, then you slip, or then you make a misstep, or a, because you're just so comfortable, you're not paying attention. And it's, it's, it concerns me that as a body of believers, nationwide, even worldwide, but especially nationwide and even in our community, where we can get where this is just, okay, we're here, we did the songs, we did the announcements, we did the, everybody kind of getting coffee, and there used to be cookies, there's never cookies by the time I get back there, but you kind of get your thing, you get your cookies, and it's like, we're here, we're doing our thing, and then we're going to see what, maybe whoever's going to speak, either you're here and you watch for our missteps, which we always try to grant you at least a few, or you're here and you're like, what do you have? Like, what wow me? Or what do you have? Like, what sort of revelation do you have? Or what twist or turn on something? That we Just kind of a, does that make sense? It's sort of like, you see it when you go to, which I haven't been to a movie in like a long, many, many years at this point. But you go to a movie theater and you see everybody kind of settles in. And I've always, I've often wondered in a movie theater situation, if you were to, in the middle of the movie, turn the, auditorium lights on and take a picture of everybody, just like instantly take a picture. What would you see? You would see fingers up noses. You would see like hands and food all over people's faces and down their fronts. And you see all these different things, but you would not see someone who was ready for a picture. They were not there to participate. They were there to consume. We go, we go to, the, it's like we've got, whether it's consuming, you know, the $14 cup of pop or the $26 box of popcorn or the film itself just here I'm not participating I might have flip-flops and sweatpants on but I'm watching a movie about a superhero I am not the superhero I am part partaking and I think sometimes that same that same thing can creep into us in the church where it's like maybe not popcorn maybe not sweatpants and flip-flops although that's fine if you want but we don't come necessarily here or even to spend time with other believers where we're actually like, we're planning on being part of this thing. Not just like, did my thing, you know, made the stuff, made the coffee, got the cookies, played the songs, did the lyrics. Did, like, that's all part of it. But I'm talking about engaged spiritually. 
Does this resonate with anybody? Like, Because you can be here and sweep the floor and never engage spiritually. You can be here and play a song and never engage spiritually. There's something that takes place when you engage. It's like, what do you have for me, Lord? What do I have for someone else? How can I plug that in? And it's, it's my, my prayer that as a body of believers, we can grow in this. And not become, we aren't called to be the Lions Club with music. Like this isn't just a thing, it's like, well yeah, we're members, like we do the dues thing. Oh, we don't call it dues at church, sorry. Tithe, we do the tithe or the giving. It's like dues, but it's different. Just a different name. But we're, we're not called to be a club. Like we're not called to even look like a club. A, you know, clubs don't start revolutions. They never have. Because what's a club concerned about? Just staying a club. It's like we're just going to maintain. And I see this in Christianity. This is, a, this is not in the, this is part of. Uh, where the goal of so much of, of our Christianity today is to find other people that listen to the same songs we listen to, that make clucking sounds at the same things like, oh my, I can't believe that. We do the same thing, like, we just want to agree on the things that we're going to tisk and tat over. Like, oh, I can't believe, did you see what so-and-so did? As long as we got somebody to listen to us, we just sort of get in this club. We're not changing the world. We're just sort of doing the club thing. It's like we're going to find people. Do we all like the same songs? Everybody raise your hand. We like this. Okay, perfect. Let's do a church thing. And we'll all kind of agree on some of the same stuff. But we never engage. We, we shy away from actual spiritual engagement. There's an exercise term about engaging. You may say, really? You're going to teach about that? No, I'm not teaching about exercise. But there's a, there's a point where when you're picking something up, where your muscles actually engage. You can pick something up and your muscles not actually engage, where they're all, they got blood in every part of them and they're using every ounce of energy they have. Then your muscles are engaged. And then you go just a little bit further and they tear. And then they start to grow and they get a little bit stronger. Now, there's a point where you can over-tear them, but... You understand the principle. It's like, if you never engage those, you ain't never gonna grow. I'm not talking about performance. This isn't a performance thing, okay? We understand, and Grant talked about this last week, and we talk about it often. We are saved by grace through faith. You ain't bringing anything to the table that's gonna earn you standing with the Father. What we're saying this morning isn't bring everything you've, all your good works that you've collected, and bring them to the table, and maybe you'll be accepted. That's not what we sang about. That's not what we're talking about. This, once you and I are born again, we're children of the Most High God. And there's a commission that Jesus gave his disciples, which passes on to us today. It's go into all the world and make disciples. That's Jesus' way of saying engage. Engage. Go, you know, disciple and discipline are sister words. Discipline, to be disciplined, to go and engage. Understand that we carry the gospel to the world and it can be hard. Carrying the gospel to the world can be hard, can it? And so after a while, you carry the gospel for a while, <clears throat> you get knocked around a little bit in life. We talked about this last week and you kind of get your kind of get knocked silly or dizzy or a little bit or whatever, and you're up against the ropes, and then I was like, maybe we could just tap out of this thing, or maybe we could just, let's just find a Christian club, keep our heads down, 
Jesus will be back soon or we'll be done soon. Let's keep our head down. We're right with the Father. You know you get shot at less when you do that. So we'll just, could we just all like, we could sing Kumbaya and we could just sit together and then nobody's gonna shoot at us. Because it gets hard out there. And the thing that the body of believers needs isn't, we don't need to run to our cave and not engage because it's too hard. It's gonna happen. Life's hard. Like Jesus said, in this life you'll have troubles and then he promised, take heart for I have overcome the world. What he didn't promise is, in this life you'll have troubles but take heart, I'll take the troubles away. Like no, that, this is static condition of humanity's existence since the fall. You're gonna have troubles. What did God tell Adam? He's like, out of the sweat of your brow you will eat out of the soil from now on. I think about that every spring when I see the weeds coming up in front of my crops. Like, ah, the sweat of my brow. It's hard, it's difficult. This life's full of difficulties. There's anybody that tells you you're not gonna have problems is lying to you. Jesus has overcome those problems, but not overcome them and it's like you don't have to deal with them anymore. We're, gonna, we're going to get knocked down. So what, what do we do to stay engaged? And I brought, up, I brought a picture for us I want you to look at these things. And the reason I was thinking about this, how to share what I have on my heart. And I thought, everyone has something like this in your kitchen. You use them often. Now, there's nothing more frustrating than one of these without one of these. Anybody know what this is? Somebody shout out. It's a steel. This is called, it's a carbon steel. You go like this. And if you're good, my dad uh, cut meat for a long time, and so you can't see the knife move when he does it. It just, choo, choo, choo. it's awesome to watch. I tried it one time, and now I have a scar on my thumb. <laughs> so, interestingly enough, this piece of material right here, it's got tiny little lines on it. They're magnetized. They collect the little pieces. Anything that would knock off of the knife blade, they they're stay on this. You wipe this down and you get little, it's just gray. It, does, it just looks like gray, but it keeps it out of your belly from eating it when you're cutting the tomatoes later. But this doesn't actually sharpen your knife. You know what this does? Just renews the edge that's already there. Just renews the edge that's already, this knife did not come as a quarter inch piece of cold rolled steel. This was sharp when we got it. But then what happens we buy a sharp knife, and we go to using it, and we're making chili, and we're making, we're cutting, you know, meat up, and we're cutting, and we, you know, we use different knives, of course, for all that. <laughs> I'm kidding. We use the same knives for everything in our house. But you're cutting everything up, and you're, and you're doing, you're cutting, and it's like, well, we're cutting some chicken, and there's a bone, and we cut a little piece of this, and there's some bone, and then we cut some. And before long, that knife's not as sharp as it used to be. Is it because I was misusing the knife? No. I mean, it will dull if you misuse it, but it's not misuse that dulls the knife all the time. It's just the environment the knife finds itself in will begin. And it's interesting if you, maybe no one cares about knives, but we're going to talk about them for a second. The, the edge is established when this knife is made. And then what happens, it doesn't actually get dulled. That fine line that's in the very middle, it starts to get bent. 
The very, it's a, I mean, you can't see it with the naked eye, but it just starts to get bent. And then you notice that when you're cutting stuff, it's like it doesn't, it doesn't cut, it doesn't work very well. The natural environment of the knife affects its ability to do its job. And so the knife needs a friend. The knife needs a steel. And you take that steel and you go, like I said, if you're good at it, that knife just sings and it's fun to watch somebody that's good at it. But they go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and those little curved spots start to straighten out. A little bit, they straighten. And then you go back into cutting whatever you're, and it's, it's ready for work again. It's ready for use again. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, the New American Standard Version, this is Tom's version for a moment, says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Proverbs 27, verse 17 in the Amplified Version reads like this. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. And then in the message translation, it reads, you use steel to sharpen steel and one friend to sharpen another. Without fellow like-minded believers who we are in authentic relationship with, we will over time become dull and useless. Not, not, not born again. There's so many people I encounter that are like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a believer, but I don't really do the church thing anymore. It's our loss as a church, and it's their loss as an individual. Not, you're not not born again if you don't come to church. If you don't attend a body of believers regularly, you're not not a Christian. That's so popular today. Anybody ever been to a funeral of somebody that didn't go to church regularly? And the whole reception line is all about, well, where do you think they're at? Well, I mean, where they went on Sunday mornings, not necessarily the way that we figure that out. That's a discussion for before you're standing in the visitation line. That's a discussion for another time. But it's, we're so quick. But if somebody was in church every day, we're like, oh yeah, well, we know they were a believer because they, what? Because you asked them about it one time and you had to just, no because I know where they spent an hour and 15 minutes every Sunday. That's like me. Visit, I go to the garage every day, and I am not a car. But I am in the garage. So I mean, I'm in there every day. It's, I don't even look like a car. I can sound like a car if you ask my sons. But I don't look like a car. It's important to maintain relationships with someone in our life that is a steel. The most dangerous knives in a kitchen, somebody finish it, are the dull ones. They're so dangerous. You get this razor sharp and you put it on a piece of something to cut it and it just goes right through. But you take a dull knife and you don't know where it's going to go. It'll deflect. It'll go every which way because it's been, it's been affected by the environment that the knife was created for. It's been negatively affected by that environment to the point that it's now dangerous to the user. As believers, the exact same thing can happen to us. Has anybody, I thought about this, this much of this I was pondering last week during Grant's message. As life happens to us, as experiences happen to us, you, maybe you've buried somebody in your life. Maybe you've experienced broken relationships or people that you've prayed for and you haven't seen turn their life around. Maybe you've prayed for a miracle and you haven't seen one. Maybe you've prayed for protection and life looks different than what you thought. And that's just the natural environment of humanity sometimes. 
okay? I'm not preaching that as like God's will for our lives or anything like that, but the environment is gonna be difficult. There's hard things. And over time, what do those natural environments do? They start to put little yuckers in our knife blade. We just, and we, get, we become dulled. We become unclear sometimes. Unle- There's a lack of precision in our administering the gospel over time and over experiences. Does this make sense to anybody? You've maybe prayed for something. You pray for something for a while. And then it's like, eventually you just start, it's like, I don't know if I'm really gonna, I'm not gonna probably talk about my faith a whole lot anymore because like, I don't know. I mean, I've talked about praying for people and then this happened and it's like, I'm just keep my mouth shut. I'm gonna keep my head down. All of a sudden I'm not, or, or maybe we start spewing things that aren't accurate scripturally because we've based our doctrine on our experiences and not on the word of God because of our experiences. We begin to be dull and the edge just, it just loses. It's like, we're still sort of like talking about faith, but it's just, it's this vague thing. It's like, I don't know, you know, you should be born again probably. It'd be good, uh, but I'm not gonna, we're not, we, lose, we lose that precision and we lose that passion. We lose that effectiveness. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. Dull knives are accidents waiting to happen. Dull Christians, if, as we aren't sharpened, as we're not as our edge is not renewed by our fellow believers, we're a bad testimony just waiting to happen. Life happens. It can dull our edge as a witness for the gospel. We need brothers and sisters who we can rely on to help keep us sharp and on point. It is so easy today to get knocked off the gospel and into some other focus. Another facet of this. So life can happen. We talked about that a little bit. And this is going to be possibly the shortest part of my sermon you'll ever have. Possibly. It might not be. But the first part that I want to look at, we looked at life can happen. Difficulties. You can experience things that's like, this is contrary to what I see in the word of God. And it can affect the blade of our witness, of of our sharing the gospel, our testimony in our life. But the second thing that can happen is it, we can get sucked into other areas of passion. Other things that are important, we can, so if you look at pri- your priorities, you can move things that are on a C list, move them up into the A list because they're exciting or there's energy with them. We can take the gospel and it's like, the gospel's important, but what about this social issue? There's everybody else is talking about this social issue or that social issue or something that's important to you personally and it can begin to move the gospel out of the limelight and other things into the limelight. Now, you say, I don't, like, how does that, I'm not sure. Just bear with me here. If you've got a believer alongside of you that you're in regular fellowship with and you're doing this with them, and you're going through life, and you're going like this, and then you experience something, you're being you, you're, you're sharing the gospel, and you get passionate about something, you kind of get all, that edge just tweaks a little bit. Remember we talked about this edge, this razor's edge, just gets a little bend in it. And I meet with Trey, and I start talking to him, and I'm like, man, I'm so passionate about this, I think we're gonna preach six weeks on this thing that's not the gospel of Jesus. He might listen and say, oh, okay. But if, he's, if he really wants to be this in my life, if he really wants to be this steel, what he needs to do is say, you know, I understand you're passionate about that. How's that fit with the gospel? Let's start straightening that out. Let's start, 
Let's start straightening this. Like, remember, we can help to refocus one another. It's <laughs> for the steel to do its job in our life as a believer, for whoever is in your life that is serving in this role, if there is someone, they have to be willing. And this is, every, if you guys, if anyone wants to leave, you could, this is a great time. This, you have to be willing to make contact. This here, this is doing nothing. Just, it's doing nothing. It's like, but they're close. They're close, aren't they? They're close. It's like, it looks like if, if you could not hear anything and you couldn't see very well, you'd say, oh, he's using a steel. They're just close. Just watch it, Tom. I'll be careful. Tom's over there being a grandpa, worried about everything. It'll be fine. <laughs> the point is, it's, if we're not willing to make contact with each other, we're never going to be able to sharpen or be sharpened. It's, it's not always an easy conversation. We're not necessarily just called to say, attaboy, good job. Attaboy, good job. Great job. Attaboy. We got to be willing to make contact. I'm not talking about tangling with something. You say, well, I don't know. I could, probably, I could probably be a steal for somebody once in a while. Here's the thing, though. To effectively be that steal, there has to be value established over time. For instance, someone cannot walk in here today that I've never met, that I've never seen, and sit down, do something, say something, think something that I disagree with, and I'm just going to run right over and I'll be the steal for them. Won't work because I don't have any relationship with them. There's, they have no reason to listen to me. I can say everything I want about, oh, I'm the pastor. You should, I don't care. I, I'm not gonna effectively, I will not have any actual long-term effect in their life until I'm willing to go the distance. Scripture is replete with examples. John 13, 35, Jesus told his disciples this the night before he was crucified, he said, by this one thing, all will know that you are my disciples if you have agape love for one another, unconditional, God's kind, my kind of love for one another. And we look at that, and we always tend to take that from the, through the lens of whatever I do, my brothers and sisters in Christ are just gonna be fine with it. But you know, love is greater than just acceptance. Acceptance is cheap love. That's not actual. Actual love is Willing to be in relationship with someone, which means willing to have discussion. Being a steel is not about being a yes man. It's also not about just being disagreeable. If you think about this, I'm gonna do this one more time, Tom, you can shut your eyes. If you, if you think about this, there's not all of this knife has nicks in it. A bunch of it's smooth. A bunch of it's sharp. But for to find the spots, you got to run along the whole thing. You don't like, oh, where's the, where's the nick at? We'll just do that spot right here. No, you do the whole thing. You run along the entire thing. Love goes the distance. Being a steal for somebody isn't just about being disagreeable, and it's not just about being a yes man. It is time spent. That's how you reveal someone's value. You want a license to speak into someone's life? Put your phone away. 
and give them time. Once we have established value with each other, license to speak is granted. This is hard. This is like, I'm, I'm looking out and I'm, I was going over this again the other morning and I'm thinking about this and I'm like, that's so un-American. Spending just, because what we're talking about time, it's not like, well, I really want to speak into Kurt's life and so I'm going to take him out for breakfast tomorrow. This is not a legitimate offer for breakfast, Kurt. He, he just got excited. He's like, we're going for breakfast. <laughs> we'll talk about it after. But I can't say, I'm going to take him out for breakfast I'll take him out for breakfast tomorrow, and then at the end of breakfast, I gave him a little bit of time, now I'll speak into his life. That's not how it works. It, you know how it works is we go out for breakfast, and then next week we go out for breakfast, and then a month later we run into each other somewhere, we talk for 10 minutes, and then we, over time, rapport is created, and now we've got the opportunity to speak into each other's life. To Now we can knock some of those edges off of each other. He can speak into my life. He can ask questions, and I don't just quickly skirt it away. It's, does this make sense to anybody? Is this ringing any bells? This is, this is so strong. On the last two weeks of my life, I have seen this every single day, experienced somebody either being willing to be iron sharpening iron for me, Trey and I talked about it in depth this last weekend about being iron sharpening iron. This is, the, this is what being a follower of Jesus together as believers in this life looks like. It's how we stay focused. You want to know how weird things start to happen in churches? It's when we stop sharpening each other, when we stop when we stop running back and forth through the good times, the bad times, the good times, the bad times, the things we're not sure about, the things, we have to be willing to have those discussions. We see it all through scripture. In Galatians chapter one, you see Paul. This is Paul being a steel in the church at Galatia's life. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you who want to pervert the gospel of Christ, to put a bend in the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Straighten the edge. As we have said before, and now I say again, if anyone preaches another gospel, let then what you have received, let him be accursed. Paul serving as this steel in their lives to which they are able to, it's a, this is called a honing steel. It's for honing that, taking that last, just little bits of edge and folding them back straight. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, we see, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without what? Wavering. That's exactly the same picture of the, the gospel wavering, the edge wavering. For he who promised is what? Faithful. Let us consider who? One another. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling together of ourselves, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. 2 Timothy, Paul wrote in chapter 2, verses 23 through 26, he said, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Keep the first things first, the most things most. Knowing that they what? They generate strife. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. 
in humility correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will. Humility is absolutely necessary for this to work. For us to be, to serve as a steel in someone's life, humility must be present. To be a steel in a fellow believer's life, we have to be accessible. It's one of the hardest things for me. I'm being transparent. One of the most difficult things for me in my life is to be accessible. To be able to be accessed by people. Always got something else. Anybody else? Always got something else? Got another call to make? Got another thing to do? Got another thing to pick up? You know, I'd love, oh boy, I have to call him back. You know what? I'd love to stop, stop and talk, but I gotta keep going. We gotta be accessible. We gotta be in the word. Because just asking each other's opinions, that's just straight danger. If we're not in the word, then if, if you aren't in the word, I don't want you to be a steel in my life. Because it's just your opinions. You're just a wave on the sea. Toss. This is the direction the wind's blowing today, so you're gonna come along and try and guide and sharpen me in that direction. We have to stay in the word. We have to be willing to speak the truth. This is hard. In our culture today, this is a tough one. Being willing to speak the truth, and then, if you want to be this guy, you got to be willing to hear the truth. I mean, I am, I, I'm pretty good at speaking the truth sometimes, but then if somebody wants to bring it to me, what do you think is required? What's the most important ingredient for being able to receive truth? We just read it. it starts with an H and ends with humility. <laughs> You guys all got it. Humility. For me to be able to receive the truth requires humility, which is super not popular today. If you want to be popular today, this is not the message for you. Because humility is not super cool. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, like demeaning yourself. That's another form of pride. It's thinking of yourself less. I'm just not going to think, I'm not going to be wrapped up in myself. I want to be able to receive from other people. And then the last one, this is, I save the hardest for last. All these are sometimes difficult, but the hardest one is to be able to listen and to keep our mouth shut. You see, there's two different kinds of listening, and we've talked about this, and we're not gonna harp on this. We're gonna move on to the next part of this, but there's two different kinds of listening. The first way is listening with the intent to understand. That's how we're supposed to listen. Do you know how we tend to listen? With the intent to reply. Think about that. There's a big difference. Listening with the intent to understand, if I'm talking to Joel and I'm explaining to him what all is going on in my world and I got all these questions and this has happened, legit real story has happened, and, and I just go on and on and on and on and on and I tell him all the problems. I have, got pro- I have a problem for every solution he has. And I share all of this with him. If he's listening with the intent to understand, inevitably, when I stop talking, there's a pause. There's no, re- there's no reply forthcoming right away. It might be a minute, it might be an hour, it might be a week before that reply because he was, if he's listening with the intent to understand, He's with me as I'm explaining things. He's not, well, I got the answer to that. I got the solution to that. This is what you gotta do. It, one way to tell how people listen is how quick do they answer. 
And I'm, this is hard, this is hard, to actually listen with the intent to understand and not just with the intent to reply. 99% of the time, if we listen with the intent to reply, we don't understand. And if we listen with the intent to understand, we don't immediately reply. This is important for this principle, for being a steel in someone's life, for actually being used to sharpen, to help hone one another. This is important. At this particular point, Tom and Trey, you guys want to come up here? We're going to do, um, Trey and Tom are two of the, they're two steals in my life. They're this guy. Both of them. And there's many more. This isn't, it's not like, if you're sitting out here and you're like, well, he didn't have me come up there. This, this isn't a thing like that. This is just for, I want to, dis, I want to display something. Like I said in the beginning of our, um, the, the beginning of the sermon, we get comfortable we tend to get into a place of comfort where we're like uh, glassy-eyed a little bit. I'm not throwing stones at anybody, but where our eyes kind of glass over, it's like, well, you know, it's about 11.20, like church will be over soon. And, and our minds shift to lunch. And we sometimes, not intentionally, but we kind of just sort of unplug. Anybody ever, but maybe nobody else has this, we have a lack of outlets in our house, and so the cord for the vacuum is always stretched like a fiddle string. And then you're, you're sweeping, and it's like, I'm getting close. I'm not. I tried before, and I don't do a very good job. But you be, and it's like you're getting close to the end, and then all of a sudden the sweeper dies. Incidentally, the cord got unplugged. This is what can happen in church, where it's like we're just kind of like we're going, we're going. It's like all of a sudden, our just we're just kind of dust. Like all oh, the cord unplugged. I'm not engaged in church anymore. And we got We're going to break that here. We're going to we're going to move away from that. We're going to stay engaged because if we want to have. This relationship, Tom, you hold this one, I'll hold this one. I'm kidding. <laughs> if we want to have this relationship, we want to have this relationship, it cannot be, it can't be just this. And this is what we so much have. We're like, sharpen yourself. Everyone's sharp. We got to make contact. We got to have fellowship. We have to have discussion. And it's like, well, that seems, how would you do that in a church service? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. We're going we're gonna to experiment. We're going to learn how to have discussions, how to ask questions, how to have input from you guys, how to have input from pastors and elders, how to have discussions. And you know, there may be a time when you've got a thought or you've got a question, and it may be a deep one, and there may be no one in the building that has a biblical answer for you. Please ask it. We'll figure it out. We're going to dig through scripture and we're going to figure it out. So I want to discuss this with these guys. We're going to, this is, we're going to have discussion. We can have input from you guys. I want input from these guys. I want to discuss this principle of as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Now, I want to, pre- I want to preview this too. These guys had no idea what was about to take place. Yesterday, I, I gave him the most vague text, and I didn't tell him anything about what we were talking about. I just said, you guys might get tagged in. Turns out they both thought they were, like, I wasn't going to be here. <laughs> I wasn't real clear with that. We're working on this relationship here. So, what are you guys' thoughts on the scripture that we've looked at? I'm going to move the podium and everything. We're going to have a discussion. Tom, what are your thoughts on what we've talked about? Okay. 
Well, Isaac started talking about uh, right away, the first thing he was talking about, uh, just being present, being active, right? And being in that spiritual mindset to be able to pour into somebody. And right away, this is why I think it's so important to be in the Word. The first thing I thought of was Mary, uh, Mary and Martha. You know the story. Jesus comes in, right? Where's Martha? She's working her tail off trying to get stuff around for the, the meal, right? Where's Mary? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. It's a great picture of what it's like to come in here with a spirit-minded. You're coming in here first and foremost focused on Jesus. Then the rest will happen. Well, honestly, his, his word for me, honestly, was sharpening me to remind me that when I come in here to come expectant first and foremost focused on him, because it can be that when you come in on Sunday morning, those of us that are doing something, we get to be doing doers versus being focused on his spirit. What he did on the cross? What was finished? And so, honestly, that's, it's, that's a great example of how sharpening, because I trust Isaac. I know that when he's, when he's sharing, I know he's speaking from a position of what's in him, not from what's on him, but what's in him. So, here's my first example for you. That's what I think of it. Yeah. Trey, what do you got? Well, I think having like a, just a sense of wisdom we, we pray for that. So the thing, the people that we allow in our lives to sharpen us, I think that, that doesn't apply to everybody. Like, we all have a select group of people or like a pool of people that we can consider, people that we can bounce ideas off of and, and we can accept sharpening from. But also, it, I think it, it, weigh, it doesn't weigh on me heavily, but there's just a sense of responsibility that I feel when I hear verses like that because how many people depend on me for sharpening? And makes me think, like, I'm really glad to be part of a body like this where, like, the finished work is the truth because it would be really tough to be in a position where or a season of life where someone has asked me for sharpening or they've come to me for spiritual advice and I'm giving them, like, a false narrative. So that's why I appreciate being in a body like this where, like, even though you might be lifting with inactive muscles, at least you're exposed to truth. So I think that when, when it is time for all of us to be called to sharpen, you know, for a friend or a family member or somebody in, in our life, like, we're gonna at least gonna be equipped. So um, that's, that's kind of what, like, what hit me first. I think it's really important, one of the things Trey talked about is the license to be a steel in your life isn't just given to everybody. It's important. Jesus took three and a half years to develop his disciples. And obviously that was not a flawless bunch. But he took time with just them. And the, the second part with that, not everybody. So it's important to use wisdom, what Trey was talking about. Use wisdom as to who you allow license to speak into your life. We know that life and death is in the power of the tongue. It matters who you give that license to, and you say, I'm going to listen to the words that you're speaking. The second part, and this was, it's funny what you guys kind of said, it, it ties in with this a little bit, but uh, most, you know, have you ever thought and wondered, like, I wonder what Jesus' sermons in church were like? And then a lot of people are like, well, you know, like, you know, like the Sermon on the Mount. Well, that wasn't in church. 
We don't know. Most of the time you see Jesus in the synagogue, he's coming and going. Or it says, and he uh, shared about many scriptures. Well, I'd love to know what he shared. But what we do see, the stuff that Jesus ministered was where? It was along the wayside. It was, they were going to and from, and they were here, and they were there, in the city, and they were in the country, and they were in the, along a field, and they were, they were out in life. And as believers, I think sometimes in our culture today, we've gotten very churched with it, where it's like, okay, we're all done with the sharpening, now we're ready to go into work. And it's like, this is as much for out there as for in here. It's important to have and to cultivate those relationships. I think there's a, um, there's a danger in allocating all of your spiritual growth to a place, to a Sunday morning place, or, a, or even a specific, like, well, it's got to be church-affiliated. Like, well, if The Rock doesn't, it's like, we're here, and all of you guys are, faci- there's all kinds of you meeting throughout, and that's what it's about. It's important to do that. You got any other thoughts? Tom? I think it's important that you have that steel, if you will, in your life, because when things come at you, let's all face it, this world is not for you. We all know that, right? And we've all had things come at us that are not for us or against us or just up, actually just upset your whole apple cart. If you don't have the steel in your life, people that can speak into you, because there's, let's be honest, when you're walking this journey, there are times when you kind of drift away. And you need that steel in your life to make sure they can come and speak into your life because you know it's coming from a place of humility, integrity, character that's going to help get you back on track as far as what's healthy for you and what you're, where you may have ventured off to. It happened to me. I had Isaac in my life. He was always there to make sure remind me of who I was, what was inside of me, what the word was. Did he do it well? No. Did I do it well? No. But... We did it. Yeah. We did it. It doesn't always look pretty. It doesn't always look the cool thing. That's what's about ironing sharpening. It doesn't always look cool. It's being there for each other to make sure that as we move forward, and keeping you, it's the, the focus, right, kids? Focus. It's keeping you focused on what is real, and that's Jesus, who you are, and where you're going. The truth of what Tom was talking about is I mean, as I think about my life with Jesus and, and be growing in discipleship with people is you have to have, there's a, there's a measure of courage that is required to have, like, because it's not going to be, we, a lot of times, you ever think somebody maybe comes to you with a question and you're like, I don't have like a polished answer and so just sort of like, I, I, you know, I'm not sure, I don't know. And I don't know is a fine thing to say, but we have to grow in courage that if that relationship is there and rapport is built, again, we're not just, this is not discussion. What we're talking about right now isn't just like for anybody that you happen to bump into. I'm talking people that you're connected and you're doing life with, you're engaged with, and they come to you or, or you're just, you encounter a life situation, have the courage to speak what you know. You might only know the first part, but have the courage to speak it. Because it may be, you know, we talk about, a lot about seed time and harvest, and it may be that the word that Joel has for me when I go to him with a problem, it's just water. He might think, I don't want to share this word with him. Like, 
It's just, it, there's no solution in it. It might not be the harvest word, it might be the water word. But have the courage to say it, even if it's not pretty. It's like, I'm gonna speak this, you know, uh, the circumstances that Tom was talking about. There was, we had conversations and it was like, I wasn't, I didn't necessarily, I was not a very good steel and he wasn't a very good knife or vice versa for a few times, but we're trying to share. It's like, this is what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking from scripture. And then sometimes we'd forget the from scripture part and it's like, this was a yard sale. We should go back to from scripture. It's, you know, it, it happens, but there's, you gotta have courage and we have to have mercy and grace for each other. Feel, like in I feel that. like what's on my heart with that, Tom shared all, a really good, it's a really good point to pivot from, is like anybody that you consider steel in your life, if, if, you, if you feel like it has to be perfectly gift-wrapped, increased just right in order for you to present your problem or your issue going through, those people are not steels in your life. Like you should be able to come with like go raw with with exactly your your, your feelings because like I like when when I when I tell kids that like that I'm coaching like hey I'm here for you and you know I'm like a father figure for some of these kids I get to coach and some of the people that I get to talk to like they're by no by no way shape or form is their life an example that I'd want somebody to follow but everybody has things that they're struggling with <clears throat> I think like in order to be a steel for somebody's life you have to be able to listen actively listen to understand their problem, like their raw emotion. Because if every answer that I give or if the wisdom that I'm seeking to be conduit for like speaking to this person and like pray, praying Jesus for the answers to help with them, I have to understand like what they're going through. So that could look really ugly. They could curse at me, they could be crying, they could be making that one call from a jail cell. Like, it doesn't have to look perfect. It's not coffee at Red Rambler. That's not, that's not every interaction you're gonna have as being a steal for somebody's life. Because I certainly haven't looked my best when I've needed wisdom from a counterpart. It has to be raw, it has to be emotional. You have to be able to be a human being. Because every time that you want to be sharpened, if you want to look like a perfect knife, like. How, how's someone going to sharpen something that doesn't look like it needs to be sharpened? Like, it's not all just it's a play a on words. It's a vulnerability, 100%. But, like, that's where the church has fallen, is I go to church, nothing's wrong, don't ask me more about it. Like, surface level. We go to church, end of story. Chapter one, end of story. So, like, that, that's what I've found, is, like, when you get people to talk about, wow, what do you believe and why do you believe it? That's, like, one, one thing that I always think about when it's like iron sharpening iron. Like I've gone to breakfast with people before and I'll just mention something very, very like coverall statement. You know, like talk about faith or talk about grace. And that can like dovetail into an entirely different discussion. But if we're not willing to be transparent and vulnerable, like there's no way that you can actually be sharpened. So I think that Tom was saying it perfectly like there's times where, like, I'll argue with Isaac about something, or, like, we'll have an elder meeting, and, like, it's just, <laughs> we're just, like, going, and we don't agree on something. But it's, like, unless, unless they know my heart, and they're hearing the words I say, like, I can't grow. So I think it's just very important. Like, authenticity and gen being authentic and being genuine in today is vital to growth.
you can't be sharpened and you can't sharpen anybody else if you're not willing to be a human being first. Hebrews 10, we read it earlier, but 10, 23 through 25 is some of what you're talking about. It says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful. And then, and I love, you know, the author of Hebrews had this view that uh, we weren't going to be here long. That was like 2,000 years ago, but we're not going to be here long. Um, and they, they saw this taking place. Let us consider each other, like to consider, to think of each other as believers in order to stir each other up to love and good works, not forsaking the assembling together, the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but rather exhorting one another. And even more so, like more repeatedly as you see the day drawing near. So as we get, we're baby Christians, we're just get born again, we're like, I don't, you know, we'll go to church sometimes, we'll fellowship with believers sometimes, and as you know, because you know that over the course of our lives, the day is going to be nearer when we die than it will be when we're born by the, just the nature of how time works. And so as that day draws near, let's not forsake assembly. There's an important, this is, you know, a lot of things that are started with good intentions kind of get warped or twisted. And the intention of us being a body, of us gathering, and not just sort of flaking out like, we'll come once a year, every other year, a couple times, whatever, throughout the, not, the intention of us being one body right here, one, one organism of Revelation Rock, it's not so that we got notches in people's belts of how many people go to a church or who comes often enough. Like you're not gonna please God more if you come Sunday morning and Sunday night and you got prayer meeting out in the parking lot on Sunday night and then you come back on Wednesday night. You're not, God's not more impressed with you. But when we, when we don't forsake assembling together, when we stay assembling together regularly, we build that rapport so that we can be vulnerable. If I had no idea if Trey was going to be back this month, possibly next month, I don't know if he's coming back, it's difficult for me to receive from him. When he wants to say, you know what I really think you should do at Revelation Rock is this. It's like, you don't have any skin in the game. Like, it's not a, I'm not saying that to be like trite, but it's, there's an important, when I know, it's like, I know he's going to be here if there's four people here. I know he's going to be here if there's 400 people here. And, and so, We've turned that a little bit into religion. And would you agree? Like where it's like, you gotta come to church. Like come to church, you gotta come to church. No, you get to come to church, but there's a, there's a health for you in coming and there's a health for your fellow believers because that rapport is created by time spent together. When I know I can count on Tom, if he comes to me after a year of never showing up ever and he comes to me and he's like, I really would like to do this at church. It's really hard for me to receive from him. It's like, it'd be hard for you guys to receive. Like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? That's why a guest speaker is a different situation. But you know what I'm saying. Somebody that's part of the body of Christ, and then it's just like, we're just, it's, it's healthy to, to be together. And it's, I want to be able to share that with you guys and not have it like, okay, so Isaac wants us to come every Sunday. Not the point. <laughs> like, that's not the point at all. The point is, for all of mutual health, if we don't forsake the assembling together of the body, we're able to be steel and sharpened both. Does that make sense? Does anybody have any thoughts or questions? We get, I'm, I want to I have a discussion. You might be thinking, boy, this is weird. Anybody got any thoughts or questions here? Going back to the beginning when you were talking about engagement, that we should come with the mindset of engaging 
And it's, there's two different ways we engage. We engage with, with each other in a natural sense. We're having conversation. We're talking. But there's a spiritual engagement here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And you heard this before. And Paul was writing, and he says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So what we see here is there's this conversation going on in the spirit realm with God and with us, that there's this discussion of, of the Holy Spirit that wants to engage us to teach us things, to sharpen us. So when we're talking about engagement with the church, I think it's really important if we understand there's a spiritual engagement where we need to open our heart and our spirit to already, in humility, be listening to the Holy Spirit. And when we're engaging Him, when we come together face to face, and I notice somebody's countenance is heavy then I know I need to go up and say, how you doing? I love you. What's going on? And open that conversation of caring and sharpening and, and ministering to one another. You know, sometimes it's not just always about correction. Sometimes it's about the heart, the spirit. Sometimes it's, it's somebody's gone through a long period and they're depressed. We, if we lis listen to the Holy Spirit and engage with him and let him speak to us, then our contact and interaction with each other is going to be on a higher level of engagement because he's teaching spiritual things to us that have life. The spirit is life, and we will speak life to one another then. Amen. We got one more. Not, we don't have to just have one more, but Mark. Like Isaac was saying the, about, you know, it's not an attendance record, but what was laid on my heart was that with the more, the more we're in the Word, which I encourage everyone, you know, get in the Word. That's going to create a, a discerning spirit in you where you will know when you're, when you need sharpened and you're going to know what's you're going to have to pull out to sharpen somebody else. Um, but I think when, as Isaac was talking about being here, being in the body, by being here, you're not, you're, you're, you can't avoid not getting rubbed up on that steel sometime, just from observation between your brothers and sisters. So you're going you're gonna to get honed whether you like it or not. <laughs> And there's, there's a part of that that is, 
like we think of the word submission and we think of like husbands and wives and we think about we're going to submit to God like we're going to be uh, or submit in, in our culture today. It's like if you go to church and you talk about submission, it's either wives to husbands or the church body to the preachers or to the elders or whatever. And it's not, not really that. What we're talking about is there's a submission. If you walk through those doors where you submit to the spirit of God in your brothers and sisters, in your own heart, and and submission built into submission is humility. There you have to be, there has to be a measure of humility present to submit. And that doesn't mean do whatever somebody else says. Hear me out on that. It's putting yourself, say, Lord, I'm willing, I'm willing to number one, hear from you, and number two, to speak for you. Whatever you want me to, sh- if you get give me something, what Valerie was sharing is like, if the Lord quickens something on the inside of you, the Spirit of God that dwells on the inside of me is the same that dwells on the inside of Tom. And if, if Tom's not listening to the Spirit of God on the inside of him, that same Spirit's on the inside of me, and he can say, Isaac, I need you to do something for me. He's not listening. Go talk to Tom. I'm using that as an example, where I can go share something where the Spirit's already been dinging that inside of him, but he's maybe deaf, turned a little bit of a, not, maybe not aware 100% to that, that area, where if I deliver that word, it, it resonates, it rings back. Does that make sense? Sometimes... Um, we, we have to lay down, we have to put our, we have to have humility, but that comes with like not picking up offense and laying down our pride. Um, funny story. I never even told Danny about this. I actually need to, I'm going to text him after church. One, there was a Sunday, I said a ho- like a horrible Saturday and Sunday morning. And <clears throat> I walk in the door and Danny, like Markley has a hilarious way of delivering things sometimes. And thank God I have the mind of Christ and share that with Danny because I wasn't, I didn't react and I have a track record of being reactive. So I'm glad that I didn't that morning, but he, he goes, he said, what's up, man? I was like, eh, nothing, dude. How you doing? He's like, good. He's like, man, you look like you got a dark cloud over your head. (laughs) Yeah. And dude, but like, like I could have been offended by that. How did he know that? Like, I didn't, I wasn't, like, covered in blood or, like, battered and bruised. Like, I didn't, I was just like, hey, man, what's up? Like, I hadn't even got, I was, like, standing there going to get coffee. And he just said that and walked away. And I was like, this guy, bro, like, that is not encouraging. You know what I mean? But then I got in the car, I was talking to Adrian, and I was like, how did he know that? Like, what? There's like, a, there's like the five senses, right? But like, what of, what, what of those can you even talk, can, can you relate that to? You can't. His spirit, he just could feel I was throwing off a vibe or a spirit or like radiating that I was like in a state of depression or like anxiety or like I just hadn't had a very good run in the last 24 to 48 hours. And apparently he sensed that. And I'm glad he did because like I've shared very deep conversation with Danny before. So I appreciate his honesty. His delivery was trash, but his honesty. <laughs> and so I've never, I've never told him that, but I have to tell him that. But I think that sometimes that goes two ways. Like I could have been offended by, you know, because I could have went in the bathroom, looked in the mirror, like what in the world is on me that made him think that? But I, it, it did sit with me. And I was like, okay, like if he can sense that, like there's also other things he can sense. So I think that that's kind of where I go is like what Valerie was saying, like, because at the end of the, of the uh, scripture that she read, like, I think I have that in IV, but it says, 
we, but we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. That's the last part in 1 Corinthians 2. Because we, we understand these things because all of us have, are born again in Christ. And we, we, we ask for wisdom. And so like, I, I don't know what he detected, but like that's, I've, I've had that happen to me before too where like I'll get this weird like welling up on the inside of like a word to give somebody. And I'll just like go tell them. And I think that can be good and bad. Like, I, I pray for good delivery, too. But um, I think it's important also to, like, just be able to receive. Like, uh, if I didn't have ears to hear, I have the mind of Christ in that moment. I could have been listening to respond. But I, asked, I actually listened. And I didn't really know what else to say. So I just listened to understand. And I think sometimes, like, we might get too fleshy about things, like when someone does have a word for us, it's like, what do you mean? Hey man, you look like you use some prayer. What about me looks like I need prayed for? Like that's what I would think. <laughs> but like maybe that person had asked Jesus like, point me in the right direction this morning. Or like you're at a gas station. And like maybe I'm supposed to tell that person what I need prayed for. Maybe they can relate. I don't know. Sometimes, but like mind of Christ, it, you can feel it too. There's definitely people that the detector goes off like, nah, maybe don't tell them about this. So just use wisdom. Yeah, that humility is so big. And, and the, the camaraderie that we experience as a body and what Mark was talking about coming, submitting, and I, I think about, you know, the, I don't even know if they still do this in youth group. I used to help with youth group a long, long time ago. And we always made all the kids put their phones in a box because their phones were not very helpful for youth group. And I think about that when we come in to this building, if you, if you got the ability to take your capacity for offense and check it at the door, it, it's like, I'm just not, I'm just going to put it in a box. I don't want you to pick it back up, but I don't want you to, I really don't want you to have it here because then it gives Danny the opportunity and he's not here. So we're just going to keep talking about him. But gives Danny the opportunity to speak with, like, bold. I'm going to just be bold. We talk about being bold as a lion. This is the place, talk about honing. This is where we hone that. We try it. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a word. I'm going to share a word with Trey, and I might just absolutely case the landing on it. And if I know, he's, he's my brother in Christ. He might tell me or talk about it in front of the church months later. But he's going to have my, he knows it's coming from a place of, of you want to get Chris the mic? especially in the context of the body of Christ because there's a safety there's that there's that safety I know if I go to Christ with something it's like and I am way way off number 1 I know I'm not going to knock him way off and number 2 I I'm learning to listen you know what I mean I, there's a safety here that equips us to listen to the spirit of the lord out there go ahead oh I just want to ask who's had a Danny Markley experience 
Every, pretty much every. If you haven't, look for him. He'll, he usually sits over here. That's his new mission every Sunday. Yep. Yep. But no, I, I hope that this is. Anybody else got anything you want to share? Yeah. And I think to speak to what you're talking about, so uh, a word of knowledge is almost always a confirmation or like you're talking a seed, and it's a, it's a point of impact thing where it's like if I give Kevin a word of knowledge, I've never met him before, and I walk up to him and I confirm whatever you're supposed to buy the house you're looking at. And it's like, how does he know that I'm looking at a house? Or what, That's a, a little example. That's a momentary thing. What we're talking about with the steel principle is the going the distance it's like as a body of believers it's it's there's a different application it's not the point of impact it's the duration you know what I'm, so they're both very they're they're both used by the spirit and i think that you know getting the courage and i'll tie these two together i've seen where strengthening hearing from the spirit between a couple of people that are steels in my life gives me courage to deliver those words of knowledge. It's like, I know I'm hearing, I, I know his voice, I've heard his voice with this, and, I've, and I know what's not his voice. I'm, you know what I'm, does that make sense? How those two things actually work together where when you're, if you're in a relationship with someone like a knife and a steel, that gives that knife the, the certainty to go to whatever the task at hand is, whether it's delivering a word of knowledge, praying, uh, you know, ministering over somebody, whatever, you're sharp, you're ready for it. Be, does that make sense? Does that connection make any also, sense thank, for everybody? Thank you for being bold. Like, you're visiting Amen. right now, and, and you, for you to participate, like, that's amazing. That, this is what we want our church to be. So, like, the body of Christ is the body of Christ. You're just Amen. in a different building today. So, like, praise God that you did that. Thank you. Thanks to everyone that good, has shared. I want to say two more word. things. Number one, um, God just put this on my heart. Having the mind, the mind of Christ doesn't overthink. Like, that's awesome. He just, that's, 
he just put that on my mind because Chris said sometimes the stuff that we overthink, like that's, that's the flesh getting in the way, the physical realm. The mind of Christ does not overthink. So let me, like one thing that, if I ever want to be known for something, it's like giving wisdom or, or, or like speaking of something with giving an example of what it is. So like, let, I'll tell you about a story in my life where I, I had like a welling up on the inside of my heart. This was just like last week. So I gave blood and it was in Archbold. And I was sitting in this chair and this lady that was from, from Toledo, like I'm just talking to her and like to like make conversation with the people that are putting these giant hose needles in my arm. And just to make sure like, hey, like it'll often start with something like, how long have you been doing this? You know, cause I just need to know like, are we gonna have like, a, are you gonna need a mulligan? Am I gonna get poked twice? Like I just need to make sure. So I'll just start talking to her about stuff and <clears throat> I'll, I, I don't like go into every situation saying like, Lord, when I walk into this pavilion, you know, I, I really want you to show me who I'm supposed to pray for. Like, it'll just happen. And I'm working on my phone and stuff. She has my arm, needle in my arm. And I just ask her, like, how long have you been doing this? Blah, blah, blah. How are you doing today? She's like, she's good. She's like, I'm so blessed right away. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is so awkward. Like, it's, there, it, there's nobody in, like, everyone's going to hear me and her conversation. I'm not going to ask, like, I'm not, I'm not, No. So we just keep talking and everything. And I just like asked this lady about her marriage and like if she has kids. <clears throat> you see, she has like a lot of bracelets on, like a lot of beads on them and stuff. And I'm like, okay, those look like, you know, those look like uh, they call like birthstones or whatever. And I was like, I think that she probably has kids. We can relate on that at least. Um, I just started asking her that. And like she started telling me about like how she'd recently gotten divorced, having trouble with her kids how she and her husband might get back together, like all these things, right? Just a bunch of heaviness. And I think that's a gift. Like a lot of times when you are talking to somebody and then all of a sudden spiritual stuff starts, starts coming up, that's like having a mind of Christ, being ready. And I can't, I can't tell you, man, like it was amazing. We were talking the whole time. She was writing stuff down. I didn't even know what I was saying. Like I, I was just giving her scriptures and verses and like, I wasn't really able to like talk with my hands or do a whole lot because I'm like, sitting there with blood coming out of my arm. But I was just talking to this lady. She's like writing stuff down in her notebook. And I leave and like she wraps me up, wraps me up bandages me up. She's like, can I, can I give you a hug? And like, I was like, yeah. And like, you know, everybody's like seeing me hug this lady. But uh, I was like, I like left there and I just felt so weird. I'm like, dude, I didn't even, like I wouldn't even have expected that, right? But we, we, we ask to be, that the Lord can use us in ways that are applicable. And it's just being ready for that and having the mind of Christ and like understanding too, like don't disqualify yourself as a steal. You can be a steal for someone. So you never know when it's going to happen. But that's just like a real life application. I always like to share like stories like that because it's one, one thing for us to sit up here and be like, yeah, let's sharpen each other. But like if, I, if you don't know of an actual story and like it's a struggle, like it's not easy. Sometimes like our flesh really fights against it. So I would just say, like, ask to be ask to be used, and then be ready. Amen. I'm going to pray for us. You guys want to stand? Pray for us, and we'll wrap it up. We'll be back next week. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity we have to gather together with like-minded believers to encourage and pray with one another to worship you, Father. I thank you so much for the gospel, and that the gospel of Jesus Christ is greater. Uh, than anything that we will experience or encounter or bump up next to or will come after us in this life, Lord. I thank you so much 
for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you that we can believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Father, I pray for boldness over this body. Boldness both as we go from this place and as we gather together again. Lord, that we would come uh, with anticipation. Holy Spirit, we just surrender to you. We, we yield to you. Uh, even as we, as we close the formal time of sharing, Father, we yield to you in the words that are spoken following this today and, uh, and into this next week and next, next Sunday also. Lord, I thank you for each person that's here. I pray a blessing over them, the blessing of Abraham upon this body. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys have a wonderful week.